Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. How about that food? Uh, can we have a little round of applause for Country Kitchen Catering? All right, does everybody know the drill on question period? It's so very important. Very important. I will just remind you. First, though, uh, who's coming next week? Oh, next week, uh, the topic is tackling domestic violence. Are we winning or losing? Uh, as everybody knows, several high-profile incidents involving athletes, uh, Baltimore Ravens running back Ray Rice, Beating his wife, captured on video, a chilling video, frightening video. Uh, the speaker is going to be Michelle Montgomery. She's been with the government of Alberta since 84 and deals with family court and child protection. So trust me when I say if you go to this session, you will learn things. This is, uh, this is a subject that I, I think there, there's a lot more to it than just saying, you know, don't hit your wife. This is a, a pretty serious discussion and it will be, it'll be an excellent, an excellent session. So I, I'm just going to remind everyone, upcoming sessions are listed on the website, www.sacpa.ca, that's sacpa.ca. Past sessions are on there for audio, so you can listen over and over again to the mumblings of, you know, silly moderators and things like that. Uh, I also need to remind everyone of today's topic. Today's topic was Lethbridge's strategic plan. What are the costs and benefits of growth? That's the topic. So now that segues nicely into please keep your questions topical. Uh, if you need to throw rotten vegetables at the mayor, we understand. But, uh, you know, as long as you're throwing them for on-topic reasons, I think we're all right with that. Uh, keep the preamble and the comments before your question brief. And uh, we've got the strategic plan up. So if you're referring to any specific incident, uh, Chris will be able to walk you through some of the details that had to get glossed over in the in the presentation. So here we go. Thank you, Dylan. Um, it's Austin Fett. It's not on. Well, somebody was playing with it a minute ago. Maybe come a little closer to the mic. I'm delighted that you're willing to keep the city residents well informed about what you're doing as a council. First question, do you personally want to see the city grow? Second question, do you anticipate the growth of the civil service in the city? Okay, I, I do want to see the city grow, and I think we have to be careful that our uh, city administration only grows on an as-needed as needed basis. Uh, there's, a, there's a challenge. The challenge is, uh, are we delivering services efficiently? Are the service levels high enough? And, uh, you know, we have to make sure we're addressing some of the sore points. I get some feedback on a regular basis about what we're doing well and what we're not doing well. Uh, that, that's okay, but uh, certainly we want, we want to manage the costs of uh, civic administration. So uh, I don't know if you're... So I, I believe Lethbridge has to grow. 
One of, one of the essential reasons why we have to grow is to provide uh, employment opportunities for the students who are graduating from our college and from our university. In, in the past, many of those students left and went elsewhere. So I think for us to be a thoroughly uh, sustaining city, we have to look at the opportunities that are going to be provided right here in our own city and make sure that we continue to promote uh, employment here. So uh, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to support growth, and I think we have to manage that growth well. That's the, the underlying purpose of our plan. But we also have to manage costs, and costs means the cost of delivering the service to support growth. Thank you. Bev, Bev Mundell-Atherstone. Thank you very much, Chris. It's a real um, breath of fresh air to have you and your council who um, are leading, leading by example. Um, but <clears throat> after having given you those kudos, I have to say that in Lethbridge, we don't really have city development or city planning. I would like to recommend that the city simply get rid of city planning completely. That would save an awful lot of money because what we have is developer planning of the city. And what we have on the west side is prime farmland being gobbled up um, on a daily basis as the city moves west. So we are headed for something that looks like Calgary, where the square footage is the equivalent to New York City uh, that has 10 million people and we don't even have 90,000. So um, I would like to know when the city is actually going to lead, as you seem to be doing, and get out there and say, we're not going to have a car-based city. We are going to have a people-based city. We're not going to just keep growing like Topsy, gobbling up all the topsoil around us, but we're going to do something different. We're going to have bike paths. We're not going to have uh, uh, three, three streets of bike paths on 13th Street. We call that our bike path. We're going to have real bike paths. We're going to have alternate ways of looking at things for the downtown core, where we can have a lot of modern core. This is what we do so something different. And then we have a specific sign. But early, early, can start just, just giving over to the developers to plan the cities. It's, it's a gradual process. Uh, we do have to change mentality and uh, in order for something like that to happen. Uh, one of the challenges we have uh, is people's choices as well. We are giving people choices as to where they can live. Uh, the preference is still in, uh, you know, it's still in single homes. Uh, people are asking for... Uh, what they call, well, the suites. They're looking for suites in the home. Uh, mm. Secondary suites, that's one way of uh, providing it. Some, some concerns we have are areas where we have provided uh, medium density, and that's, that one's a little controversial right now, but my understanding is the medium density complex in Sunridge is at 34% occupancy after a couple of years. So what do we do? In, you know, we can say philosophically we want people to live uh, in a concentrated areas, uh, but if people aren't buying into those things, then, then there's an issue. So uh, we have to make sure we're building what the market will bear. Uh, the people who have the money, the developers, if you like, 
uh, th they're only going to build so many medium density uh, buildings in in an area, and if they're not being used, then they're going to stop building them. There, there's if there's no return on investment, so there is a, yeah, there is a market piece to consider. Uh, you have to recognize that that's that's part of the reality as well. But we do generally have well planned growth. Uh, people from outside of the city who come to Lethbridge, I get a lot of compliments on uh, the city design. People people from the outside are waking up to uh, to Lethbridge and one of the challenges might be we might become too <coughs> popular. But I, I like to promote our city and I like to advocate for our city as a great place uh, for people to come and, and uh, learn at university and we hope that, uh, you know when they come here and visit. But some people are choosing, I, I meet people all the time who come from uh, other places and say they just love it here. You know, so, uh, you know, we, we can expect that we're going to be an, a net migrant community and we'll have to find places where those people can live so it it's not easy to uh, meet everybody's philosophy when it comes to development but when when the homes are selling you know we had a soft market for a few years but this year things are picking up uh, when the homes are selling and then we have to ensure that we provide homes for people that do come here as well I think we have very well planned communities when you look at when I would encourage people who haven't done so to go out and look at some of the new communities and s they all have green spaces. Those new communities have, have pathways to them. They have, uh, so we're encouraging walking paths, we're encouraging bicycle paths. And the challenges we have in our city are with infill. And when it comes to, you're right, 13th Street, but that's an older area of the city. How do you go to an area of the city that was designed you know, 60, 70 years ago and redevelop that and provide and provide bicycle-friendly areas in a, in a developed area. It's challenging um, and high cost. So we, it's not out of the question. But how do we how do we do it effectively and with good return for the taxpayer? Uh, I'm Trevor Page. Uh, Chris, um, I want to compliment you on your presentation. I liked what you said, and I'm very comfortable with your leadership skills. I'm a little um, wary about the growth rates that you mentioned, and what you would like to see, and how you will balance the quality of life against those growth rates. That was the first question, because many of us decided that small-town Lethbridge is a good place to live in. The second question is... No. The second question is related. And I wonder if you could share with us where we stand on the uh, urban drilling policy. I mean, what have you heard about that? What are the implications of the... Association of Municipalities um, agreeing to, I gather, a resolution that you put forward. So how can we protect our city, the, the city that we like as it is? Well, that is another challenging question, and I thank you for that question. And I guess, uh, do we want the Lethbridge of the past or the Lethbridge of the future? I came here because it was nice 15 years ago. Right. Well... Well, 
The people who are in our university and are in our college now are here. They're liking our city. And uh, people who've been raised here, who, go, who would like to stay here, also have a vision for Lethbridge. And they're recognizing uh, what Lethbridge could be. So if we sustain our rate of 2.5% rate of growth for the next 20 years, in two thir uh, 2034, we'll have a population of 155,000, more or less. Is that, you know, that's, uh, you know, half the size of, of Saskatoon right now, right? Is, is that a bad thing for Lethbridge? Uh, can we sustain that growth? My challenge would be to the people that want... Uh, University Drive completed within the next six months to the south. The people that want Whoop Up Drive completed to the west in the next six months. And people who want Métis Trail completed. And the people who want uh, the Southgate area of, of Lethbridge completed. Uh, my challenge is uh, I can't meet all those, those expectations. Uh, we do have to promote alternative routes for transportation. We have to make it a friendly city. We have to have balance. We have to continue... Uh, when I talk about our newly developed areas, every one of them has a really nice park, often with a pond in it, uh, very welcoming places where people can walk and bicycle, great communities with a nice balance of residential housing and park space. Um, Lethbridge continues to develop those areas. I don't think the developers are, are running it. The, the developers are unhappy with the size of the parks that they have to provide. I think there's a balance there. When the developers are unhappy and some of the others are, you know, people who are opposed to development are unhappy, uh, then, you know, maybe we are striking close to the balance. But as long as we maintain green spaces and pleasant places to live, when we, when we fill in all those green spaces and have wall-to-wall -wall houses like a lot of the, the communities in Calgary, I think we've got a serious problem, but we're a long way from getting there yet. Second question, uh, when it comes to urban drilling, we did put forward a proposal. And as you know, uh, the question, the lingering question after Golden Key left was, well, what happens when the next company comes along? So we met with the, uh, we, the then the energy minister, uh, Diana McQueen, and she told us, well, municipalities are never going to have a veto as is number one, and she said, we're not going to make a special policy for Lethbridge, right? So we went away, and what we decided was, right now, municipalities have no say, and it's restricted in the Municipal Government Act. And uh, fortunately, uh, the Minister of Energy, Diana McQueen, is now the Minister of Municipal Affairs. So the Municipal Government Act is now being revised, and there's three sections in the Municipal Government Act that restrict municipalities from having any say. So our proposal was to remove those restrictions so municipalities would have some say. There would be respect for municipal development plans. So never again um, would we be restricted. So the issue with the Golden Key proposal was we had three exploratory wells proposed uh, near Sunridge and near Copper Ridge, which were really over the back fences of the residents who just bought homes in that area and in the path of future development, so adding cost to, the, uh, to, the, to our city as a municipality. So, so our, our proposal is that's, that interferes with our municipal development plans, interferes with our uh, future choices for land use, and in future, uh, those, our municipal development plans should be respected if we change the Municipal Government Act. So that was, 
that was the effort that we went around and we lobbied. I lobbied to the mid-sized uh, city mayors. I lobbied with the mayors of, with the, and Reeves of Southwest Alberta, talked to others across the province, different organizations, and we ended up getting 85% support at the AMA resolution to remove those restrictions from the uh, Municipal Government Act. So that it will now be the AUMA policy, and uh, hopefully uh, we can advocate with uh, with the new Minister of Municipal Affairs that those changes be made. So then the second piece would be that the Alberta Energy Regulator respect municipal development plans. So that amendment would have to be made on the other side. to make, And we're recommending that as well, that there be respect for municipal development plans for cities like Lethbridge or any other municipality in the province. So that's the essence of what we proposed. We have support from the AUMA, and I met with the Minister of Municipal Affairs last week, and this was on the table, and I followed up with a subsequent letter explaining. We see it as a compromise from what she told us back on April the 2nd when she was the Energy Minister. Our proposal meets her two criteria. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I'll stick to one question at a time. Under the comprehensive community consultation, these community members said they wanted balance in neighborhood development. They specifically said not another Riverstone. This was back in the year 2009. Since then, the medium density units in Riverstone have gone from about 184 units to zero. Uh, so how come... All this community consultation got thrown under the bus to accommodate what apparently several, it says on the city website, several Riverstone residents did not want it in their backyard. How come that gets thrown under the bus? I don't know. I haven't heard it all. I haven't heard nothing from anyone from Riverstone. So, uh, zero. So, I know that was an issue a year ago. Uh, but I've, I've had nobody petitioning to, uh, to oppose it. But the other, on the other hand, we have no developer. Yeah, nothing. It's nothing. In the last few weeks, nothing. I know the issue is a topical issue, but I've had n not not one email, not one presentation saying uh, opposing um, the development of of basically medium density. The problem is there isn't a developer who wants to do medium density. Um, uh, just uh, recently on Monday, you guys voted again. It was a second reading. Yeah. Back in 2009, again, they, they started out in 1999. The development plan started for uh, roughly 184 units of medium density. And the, P and the community consultation said, we do not want another Riverstone. Back in 2009, they said that. Since then, the medium density units in Riverstone have gone from 184, roughly, because it depends on who you ask at City Hall, you get tons of different answers, uh, to, to zero. How do you explain that? Okay, the, what happened was the Development Services Department of the City came forward with a plan recognizing that there's, there is the developer who wants, who wants to do uh, a medium density in the area, and they came forward with an alternative plan. Okay, that plan was turned down by council, but um, I didn't see anybody, you know, I didn't see anybody proposing medium density. They asked for the plan to be tweaked to allow things like secondary suites. You know, so uh, again, that's the, you know that issue uh, will come back to council again because uh, you know. But if we come back, 
If we come back with another medium density proposal, the property will probably sit undeveloped for a long time until we, get, until we get a developer who wants to do it. So we've got the Sunridge, uh, as I said, the Sunridge development across the street at 34% capacity after a couple of years. So when, when Sunridge finally gets filled up, then a developer might come forward uh, with, a, with a proposal to develop in Riverstone. So I think the Land Services Department just wants to complete Riverstone. I think there's four sections that still have to be finished. I think uh, 17, 18, 19, and 20, if I'm correct, uh, that have to be completed. So uh, we're just trying to complete the area so we can complete roadways and things through uh, in, that, in that section of the city. My name is Frank Toth. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Mayor, you've had an easy ride so far here today. Uh, <laughs> Urban drilling, EMS dispatch, water outages, uh, it's been pretty cool. <laughs> you've a, a very colorful talk, a very educational talk. I'm still hurting a little of this election during the election fever. I've never seen that kind of lavish money spending during an election. After reading your background itinerary, I see where the backing came from, basically, okay? And so far, you, I think you promoted a new $5 a month taxation that are, are seniors. I'm a labor man. I'm a union organizer. The seniors in this city are suffering, whether you know it or not. In your job, you've never had a tough time. You, you promoted a new tax, and some of the women, especially in their senior organizations, have complained they're having a hell of a time holding on to their homes. Our taxes keep increasing on residential, but not on corporate companies. I've had four sit-downs with our, our, our chief assessor, and I don't, know, I don't know if you are aware that the province is increasing the taxation on residential owners annually and decreasing in large corporations. First of all, uh, you possibly realize Canada has a 15% less corporate tax than the United States. Our taxation rate for the individuals is much higher. What are you going to do to attend, attend the, the, the plight of the senior people here that that uh, trying to s survive in the so-called modern world uh, that uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the big corporations are running. Number one more, one more thing. When are you going to uh, salvage Lethbridge's reputation being the worst tourist city in Canada? We have, there is absolutely not one parking spot for the hundreds of thousands of trailers and motorhomes. We kick them in the face get the hell out of town. Everyone, we don't have a place where you can park, okay? What are you going to do? The Mining Association here, number eight, are trying to buy that property that the city refuses to help to purchase. And their plan is basically to make that a place where, yeah, they're looking for a place to put, put, put tourists with motorhomes and terrorists. That are, that's the biggest income for any city in, in Canada, okay? Sure. By the way, you miss your calling, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mr. Toth.
Yeah, I don't recall campaigning on uh, trying to raise people's taxes by another five bucks and, and creating a seniors tax, but uh, but certainly we want to keep seniors in their homes, I th- and we need balanced taxation for sure. And uh, our businesses complain the same way. Uh, you know, I've had people come to me uh, from business organizations saying. Uh, the business, the business taxes here in Lethbridge are a lot higher than they are in other communities, and what are we going to do about that? The residential taxes are higher too. If, you, uh, if you've come from Calgary, for example, and you come to Lethbridge, most people are saying, well, their taxes went from around $2,000 to something like over $3,000 here in Lethbridge, and the reason why is because Lethbridge has... When you drive over the horizon, you see all those skyscrapers in, Lethbr- in Calgary? They pay a lot of tax. And that's helped subsidize uh, the, the residential taxes in that area. So there is a balance between economic development, attracting employers here, providing competitive tax rates, and also com- uh, comparable residential tax rates. So uh, we have to make sure, you know, one, one way of doing this is, you know, as businesses expand, you know, if we get, uh, if we get more and more business base, they should also get some of the benefit uh, the business, businesses, uh, if, if business expands here in the city, uh, residential taxes shouldn't only go down. There should be some benefit for business taxes as well. So there needs to be a balance so we continue to be an attractive city where uh, people continue to invest. We still want, to pe- we want, want people to come here and invest and, and, uh, and provide employment opportunities. So we need to be competitive with other cities like Red Deer, like Saskatoon, and others uh, to... But we're not asking one group of taxpayers to subsidize the other. Uh, now, the, the interest, second question. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Mr. But in the interest of just keeping things on schedule, which is very important, uh, we'll, we'll go with one more question after you answer this one, Chris. Okay. I'm try- just trying to recall Mr. Toast's second question. With the parking and tourism, I think in our plan we recognize that we need to promote tourism more. And how are we going to do that? Uh, we may not have the parking infrastructure, as you suggest, but we are going to get together with our different tourist organizations and look at what those challenges are. We definitely want people with motorhomes to be coming uh, and visiting our city. Within travel in Alberta and nearby travel from U- U.S. states is often by these large uh, motorhome-type vehicles. So uh, we will be looking at that as part of the future plan. That we were elected 11 months ago, and we haven't quite got to the point of making all the changes yet that people expect. <laughs> Okay, th- thank you, Chris, for your presentation. I'm Mary Shillington. I'm one of the executive of the Environment Leftbridge, and uh, our, two of our people made a presentation to the Environment Committee of Council on Tuesday, and I appreciated the response uh, and reception they made. Interesting questions uh, by some of the council people. Uh, so can you say a little bit more about the curbside recycling and other kind of goals that uh, that they're presenting to you as a council, uh, and and uh, hopefully you're going to be able to and the budget support the environment left bridge so we can help do some of that education and so on further. But if you can talk about some of the goals that are coming forward from that environment committee of your council, okay. I don't have the documents with me, but basically we're looking at uh, some options with how frequently we would we do uh, curbside pickup, uh, what type of things would we pick up. So uh, there are proposals whether we would do curbside recycling every week and garbage pickup every week or, or would, would that really, 
do the right thing, or would we have uh, garbage pickup once a week and uh, curbside recycling every two weeks? Uh, how do we educate the community and, and change that, or do we alternate uh, garbage pickup and curbside recycling? So I think there's three options out on the table. And then there's a fourth option, and that has to do with uh, picking up of organic matter. I talked about 9% diversion away from the landfill. Organic matter and food waste uh, constitutes about 47% of what goes into the landfill. If we could, if we could make that a priority, uh, we would immediately have a huge improvement in terms of our recycling program. Uh, that would have the very biggest impact. We also talked about the, the, the class of customers. So, um, you know, different classes of customers uh, in, in the city create different types of waste. So where is most of the landfill direct, uh, coming from? A lot of it's coming from uh, industrial, commercial, and institutional groups. So I think more than, f more than half. So we have to get them, them on board. Uh, so we have to have a comprehensive program, and we want to do it in a positive way. We've never used a stick. We want, we've always wanted to encourage people to participate in recycling, but we have low levels of participation at the moment. So uh, we need to get more involved in community education. We need to provide the education piece out front, and that's where Environment Lethbridge can certainly play a role. We want to use a little bit of peer pressure. Uh, a friendly peer pressure and community education in, or in order to get people buying into the idea. Uh, it would be, we have a beautiful city in many ways, but w one of the things we should be a little bit embarrassed about is the fact that we don't do curbside recycling and we don't have active, uh, more active uh, citizen and uh, customer involvement in terms of the recycling program. So that's certainly a key initiative for council going forward. And we want to do that in a, in a cost-effective way and provide value and service to the people of Lethbridge. Hello. Uh, do you think taxpayer money and resources were w wasted? And do you think it was environmentally uh, friendly when the infrastructure to accommodate 184 units of medium density uh, that was later reduced to zero in uh, Riverstone, do you think that that was... A the uh, taxpayers paid millions of dollars for the infrastructure to accommodate 184 units of medium density that's now been reduced to essentially zero. So the money and the resources, were they wasted? And was that an environmentally friendly thing to do? And based on your last answer, it appears that the developers are wagging the planning tail. It does not appear as though um, this uh, plan and the planning department in Lethbridge are wagging that tail at all. And, uh, but back to my first question. The taxpayers paid millions of dollars for an infrastructure to accommodate all this medium density that's going to be thrown out the window for a dog park. How do you feel about that? Not aware of it being thrown out of the, out of the window for a dog park. You know? So, uh, you know, whatever is developed there, we're going to use the infrastructure to support it and beyond. Uh, there... We continue, there's other areas to develop, and uh, for some reason, Riverstone's a bit of a lightning rod. You know, somebody tell me where the high density or medium density development is on the upper bench at Paradise, because I haven't seen any. You know, so I think somehow we're picking on certain areas of the city un unfairly, and, uh, you know, we just have to uh, make sure there's some balance. But how do, how do we develop? Do we leave huge gaps in our development plans? Uh, 
because if, if we're going to skip areas uh, for development and develop further out beyond the fringe, I think I've heard opposition to that. You know, uh, if when we have pockets that we say, well, we're not going to develop until somebody comes along to build medium de- density, that means we're, we're building more development out on the fringe. It's, is that more desirable? Uh, that adds more cost to infrastructure as well. So I would say no, we haven't wasted money. We've provided infrastructure and roadways into, into Riverstone. Uh, we'll, we'll, look at the, uh, we'll look at the demand and the need. But uh, where are you, you know, are, are the developers causing, uh, dictating it? Well, we can leave it there. We can designate it as medium density, and, and it could sit idle for years until somebody wants to build a, a medium de- density uh, development in that area because uh, the city's not going to build it. We're not going to get into the development business. You know, it's going to take a... Yes, a, a private developer is going to have to develop a medium-density complex, and we can't force them to do it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, everyone. We'll uh, see you next week. Nice.